Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet, it's time to anchor down. Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast presented by Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. We are part of the 440 Sports Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. Our guest today, Seabass of WNWS in Jackson, Tennessee. We will talk Vanderbilt football, so let's get right into it with Seabass. Seabass joins us from WNWS in Jackson, Tennessee. Uh, my man, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. Uh, good to talk to you again. Uh, you too, man. Thanks for having me. And That was uh, awfully formal for, for two guys that talk all the time. I don't well, know what just happened yeah, there, but I mean, anyway. I- yeah, I thought I'd just run with it then. <laughs> thanks for thanks for having me, Commodore. <laughs> it's yeah. it's nice to meet you. Um, no, Indeed. seriously, and I we've got I've got a limited time window today. Um, Oreo's got to get to the vet, but what? Uh, R-E-O. I, we're we're at the what else do we say stage of the season? So I'm just going to throw the ball in your court at this point. Yeah, we're at the, well, we're at the halfway point, you know. Yeah, you know, we're we're in the we're in the middle of the school year. Are you looking for some analysis of the first six games? You know where we <laughs> this are. This is this is why we pay you the big bucks, right? Uh, well, who else are you gonna give it to? I'm the one. Yeah, I'm the one you want. Believe it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, a couple thoughts maybe first about Florida's the game again against the Gators. Uh, you know, for a half of football, they hung around and they just kept making too many mistakes. And uh, boy. You know, I mean, we. I'll just say this: if there was going to be a time to miss field goals, I guess it's in a game which you really are not going to win. You know, I mean, we've we've had two game-winning field goals. That was not on Saturday. Um, I still submit that Chris Pierce scored a touchdown. I don't feel like we got shut out. I thought it was crap, uh, but that is what it is. We lose forty-two to nothing. Um, you know, I, I thought they showed some signs. Uh, you know, I look, I mean, this is, this is still a personnel deal. We just don't have the personnel, especially to go into the swamp and beat the Gators after they had just lost to Kentucky. Uh, but I, I, I honestly, I mean, I don't know how you put a, you shine up a pig on a 42 to nothing loss, but, but I, I thought in some areas, maybe they played a little bit better. You know, uh, I think one thing is clear to me right now, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but my eyes tell me that the guy that needs the football in his hands on the ground right now is Patrick Smith. Yeah, I would agree. Patrick, Patrick Smith just seems to have a burst about him. He's got, he's got some power for a guy his size, but he's got a burst. You know, he's got that quick first step and he does not, he does not mess around. He gets where he's trying to go. Uh, and, and with, and with a little bit of authority, I'd like to see going forward more carries for Patrick Smith. I mean, it's not like we've got a lot of people to choose from clearly. Uh, but I'm, I'm hopeful that, uh, 42 gets, starts getting more carries. Well, tell me if I'm, I'm missing somebody. I don't have this in front of me, but from my memory, their scholarship running backs are down to, he and Rocco Griffin, who's been banged up, and Dylan Betts Polly, who's not a tailback. He's a a fullback if he's that. Uh, and I mean, Ramon Davis is hurt. I, I think that literally is it. They don't have any walk on well, running backs on the team last I checked. 
Now, I know that they had a, what, what's the young man's name? And I, I'm sorry, you'll have to forgive me. The young man, the true freshman that's done some kickoff returns that was a Oh, Ziegler, back. Ziegler. Okay, I thought I was leaving somebody out. James Ziegler's there too, yeah. Yeah, Ziegler, that, that's it. I think he's like from Florida or Georgia or something like that. Uh, but but he's played a little bit, uh, you know, in special teams. Uh, but, I mean, they had, they had signed him as a defensive back. And speaking of... I just, you know, and again, you know, we could really use a big power back, you know, to help help in the lean times. And we just don't have that on the roster. Uh, a uh, a guy, he doesn't have to have Jets, but boy, I sure would like to have a Kari Blasen game type of running back on this roster. You know what I mean? I mean, that would that would really help a lot of things out. A uh, couple things. One, hey, we saw, I, I guess, Coach might be listening to the podcast. What up, Coach? Uh, they finally gave the ball to my man in motion. Did you see that? Did it a couple times. It, I yes. I when I saw that. I said, look at this right here. They're, they're watching, they're listening to Chris Lee's podcast. Didn't help, but uh, they were still listening. Uh, and of course I kid, but uh, you know, the one thing that, that, that kind of just, it just, and it, it, it's hard for me to understand why, because we've got guys in the secondary who were, fairly well thought of, you know, this, that it didn't come down to us and Tusculum, you know, for some of these guys. And I don't know if it's, you know, cycling through coaches or what, but there's just such an issue at secondary right now that I just, I can't even hardly believe we can't cover anybody right now. I mean, anybody at, at, at yeah. this point. And I honestly, I think it's the biggest weakness on this team right now. You know, for a guy who was a defensive back and I think coached him, Derek Mason's talent evaluation in that area was just awful. Yeah, maybe, but they don't look any better this year at all. No, but you that's know, what I'm saying. It's what that's what this staff got. They got the guys that he identified as his answers. Yeah, maybe, but you're talking about some guys back there who they weren't only offered by Vanderbilt. They they had their off they had power five offers. And it just, I mean, I can't, I'm, I'm trying to find somebody back there that truly wants to step up, you know, and man, because it, it makes me wonder, okay, if we start projecting, you know, not counting true freshmen because nobody signed, obviously, but you know, 22 secondary, who am I building it around? Is there somebody out there that's stepping up over the rest of the, or the rest of the, uh, the group and that I said, we can build this secondary around insert player and and I want to see that person and I don't this season of the Vandy Sports Podcast is made possible by my friend Dr. Jody Jones DDS when it comes to general or cosmetic dentistry services Jody is the best in Nashville and just check out his client list it testifies to that he sees movie stars music stars athletes, coaches, you name it. Jody is the dentist of choice for stars in Nashville, but he sees regular folks like you and I as well. And what people like about the experience is the ambiance. Someone described it to me as a tooth spa. I went in and looked at it myself. That's exactly what it is. It is a relaxing, friendly environment. So whether your dental needs are general or cosmetic, go see Jody. Call him at 615-270-2322. His office is located at 55 Music Square East, not far from downtown Nashville, not far from the Vanderbilt campus. 
Jody is a former Vanderbilt football player, a huge booster of Commodore Athletics. His support as the title sponsor for Season 7 is the reason we are able to do this podcast. Go see Dr. Jody Jones today. Thank him for his support of the Vandy Sports Podcast and tell him you heard about it here. Yeah, I mean, their their recruiting rankings are way out of line with the performance. I, I mean, I know I know it is what it is, but you go and look at their recruiting classes, they should not be this bad. I mean, you should have hit on somebody there. Right, they, right. they don't That's have a guy point. in that secondary. Heck, I don't I don't know if they got a guy on that defense that would start for an average SEC team right now. Can you name one? Uh, no, probably not. There's nobody that's really sticking out. I mean, there's, there's a couple of guys on there that, that have potential. Uh, but as far as the secondary goes, you know, that's what I was saying just a second ago. Look, they're, they've got guys back there that have the offers. Uh, so it's not all, I mean, I don't know. It's, I mean, I suppose there's some evaluation issues, but you know me, you know what I always go back to player development. I just hadn't seen it. I mean, I haven't seen it. I mean, this at this point, I feel like literally anyone could throw on us. <laughs> now, having said that, what's one of the best ways to help a secondary, Chris? Get a pass rush. Get a pass rush. A pass rush, an acceptable pass rush, would make a, a secondary's job much easier. So that could be part of it, and we just – don't get to the quarterback at all. I mean, we're like what at the very bottom of uh, power five football in in sacks this year. Yeah, and, and I really thought that would change uh, based on what I saw in camp. But all I saw in camp tells me now is just how wretched that offensive line is. Because you you think when you see something that some of it might be. Uh, the other, you know, one side's not very good and the other side is good. And usually it settles somewhere in between. Like they might have some issues here, but the other guys did some stuff too. No, that's 100% the offensive line was just that bad. I mean, based on what yeah. we're seeing. You know, I think a guy like Davion Davis is is one of those guys that has the ability, you know, if we're talking about starting on average defenses. But the problem is if nobody else steps up, then they're going to key on him and not worry about it. But uh, we, I mean, nobody is able to disengage. It's like they never get pressure on on the quarterback, either a gap or off edge. Man, by everybody, that's hard to do. Somebody should theoretically bust through and make some plays, and that's not happening. You know, I thought Williams, McAllister, uh, something. I don't know, man. Maybe a. Uh, uh, Langham, a green, uh, some somebody would you know come out of the ashes. Maybe one of the true freshmen, ba- Bradley, uh, Sergic, somebody to go along with Davis. Uh, Watkins hasn't done much. See, the problem is, is you know we talked about this last year from a potential standpoint and from a recruiting standpoint. You know, and I'm talking about other offers and whatnot. And recruiting is what it is. Our defensive line unit right now, I would venture to guess in the. 30 years, I guess, that I've been following Vanderbilt recruiting, the, the defensive line class as a whole or group as a whole, if you started looking at offers and uh, from other schools and whatnot, that you would you could say from a prospect standpoint, it's never had that much potential. But it's not getting any production at all. Yeah, I mean, 
I wonder, too, this is not the most experienced staff either. I bet if I went and looked it up. And that's probably – that's on my list for things to do for future weeks. I just don't have time this week. But um, that, maybe that's not helping. This, I think they just – look, this team, not just at one position, but I need to see what who the nucleus is. You know what I mean? What's the nucleus personnel-wise of this team? You know, if, if 10 players – put you a list together that consists of 10 players that you say, I'm building this program around that is on campus right now. that can put on a helmet this Saturday if they had to, if you were, if you were to list 10 players, that would be a, I mean, like somebody like you and I, we know the whole roster and, and I would think that most of the people that are taking the time to listen to this podcast probably do too. And if you ask them to do that, that might be a pretty difficult task. Okay, let, let's do this quickly, and then I've got to get to the mailbag uh, so we can get some questions in before I have to get out of here. But, like, if you're making that list, okay, I think okay. – and, and I guess you're going to have to go with somebody that, like, isn't, like, in their last year because we're talking future. It's Ken Seals has got to be on there. I think Will Shepard's got to be on yeah. there. Uh, maybe Maybe Patrick Smith after what we saw Saturday. That's way premature. I, I still will – um, going on Ricky to Ricky Wright based on what I saw. Um, I think Alex Williams is a talent. Uh, the fact that he can't crack the starting lineup tells me there's something there. But when I'm thinking of guys that have the ability, if it works, to play at this level, uh, Quincy Skinner would be another one. And they have a couple of, of good young linemen. I talked about that in the podcast with Andrew Allegretta. Uh, that I did today that some people may or may not have heard as we're doing this. But, you know, Devin Lee would be in there. Uh, Marcus Bradley would be in there. But honest to God, I don't know that I can fill out a list with 10 if if part of the standard is could could play at a an SEC school right now, not named Missouri or South Carolina. I mean, it, it gets tough. Right, which, I mean, it is fair to use that variable because that's the competition, right? I mean, that's the benchmark. So, so well, and, and, you, and to so. interrupt you for a second, Saturday is going to tell us a lot. It's going to tell us a lot because what either the, the next worst team in the league is either South Carolina or Missouri, and we're going to know exactly where they stand relative to to the bottom of the league. Uh, I mean, the only thing that'll tell us is where we stand. God, that, that's to, a depressing uh, statement, yeah. isn't it? Man. Well, but but well, but the statement is the the only thing is the statement is merely it's only this. The truth behind that is it's only the only thing it tells us is where we stand next to Missouri and, and South Carolina. That's it. Right. I, I mean, as far as the the rest of but, but before you can before that. you can get relevant, you've got to climb out of the basement. Right now, they got a long climb just to get out of the basement, just to get to thirteen. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. I, I I don't think there's any question about that. But having said that. I mean, you know, best I can tell, South Carolina, Missouri, they're both whip puppies too. Uh, you know, and I'm not going to talk about the the Vanderbilt win over Missouri two years ago in Nashville because it's irrelevant in this match this time around this year. You know, that doesn't matter. Yes, because that was a far better Missouri team than what we see right now. You know, I mean that 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 defense can't stop anything. 
you know, and they just can't. I mean, you know, this is one of those deals where when Vanderbilt's playing Missouri, if they only score 14 points, good grief. You know what I mean? I mean, that team is ready for a laydown. Uh, problem is we don't have that running game like, like a team like Tennessee has. You know, they, they can cause a team like Missouri so much problems. With South Carolina, I mean, you know, I, what are they at, at this point? They 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 are in transition just like we are. I mean, I've watched them play a couple of times. There is nothing particularly uh, special about South Carolina whatsoever. But there hasn't been anything particularly special about Colorado State, you know, UConn or, or a, a team like ETSU with all the love to them. Uh, and we did win two of those three. Uh, a best effort by Vanderbilt. The let me say this. The team that played in the second half against Colorado State and the first half against Stanford is more than capable of beating South Carolina. I really believe that, Chris. You may not, but I do. Uh, if 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 we get that Vanderbilt for four quarters, which we have not seen anything remotely close to that, but if we were to, if that team were to show up against the South Carolina that I've seen this year, they could they they could be in it all the way up to the very end. There's well, no reason one, why they couldn't. There's nothing special about South Carolina at all. One quick thing. Well, I mean, you say that. They've got a potential mid-of-the-first-round defensive lineman in Kingsley and Igbari, who's pretty good. He's had a great year. And they've got and a corner who – moved up and down the field on them last week. Okay. Well, you said they have nothing special. Um, well, and they've got a corner they who – they've got a corner who last I checked was leading the country in picks. I don't know if that's the week. That's the case after this week. So I mean, look, that's I, I I get what you're saying, but I'm I'm saying that even we we struggled to name SEC caliber players uh, just a minute ago. They got they got a first rounder, and you know a, a corner who's having a super productive year. That's all I'm saying. Well, but 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 you know what? At the end of the day, and you know you and I both know, and that's great that they're wonderful pro prospects, but their defense sucks out loud. So uh, whatever they hey, might wait, be they, they were allowing awesome. 17 points a game before last week, and that's Man, with playing Georgia. Him. Let me let me tell you something. This there is nothing special about this South Carolina defense. I mean, and and now you know, having said that, maybe Tennessee has found the magic elixir. Maybe now all of a sudden they're the most explosive offense in the SEC. Maybe they're the East version of 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 Ole Miss. Uh, that's what South Carolina made them look like last week. I can tell you that. I, cause I sat back and I was like, man, is Tennessee really this much better than South Carolina already? And the answer was yes. Hey, right now the South Carolina shows up this week that showed up last week. We're not Tennessee, but they would have a shot. They, 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 they would have a shot. Now, problem is we're so inconsistent in literally everything we do. Uh, I, I don't know who's going to expect that to happen. All I'm saying is this is, and it's, I'm not breaking news here, this should be uh, one of the two games that we have any remote shot left of winning. You know? And yeah, agreed. If we, go out and get, if we go out and get blown out 42 to 3, then, you know, we can sit here and talk about, you know, the roster was left like this by, by, uh, by Derek Mason. But you know what? The fact of the matter is no matter what's going on, you need to see constant progress one way or the other. If they get, if they just get broken down by South Carolina, well, you know, then the rest of the season is just going to be what it's going to be. 
Hey, let's blow through the mailbag before I've got to get out of here. Okay. Uh, the mailbag is sponsored by Sutherland and Belk, a family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt in an accident, give Taylor or Russell a call, 615-846-6200. See what your rights are and if they can help. All right, we've got five questions, so let's pace ourselves accordingly. VUNGA says, we're halfway through the season. Have you seen anything that makes you feel like the current staff is up to the task? I uh, mean... <laughs> That, that's a tough question to ask, answer. Uh, I have, I've not seen much. I mean, that doesn't mean they're not. But, I mean, if I say yes to that, what if I say yes and you ask me what, I wouldn't know what to say, Chris. You know what I mean? I mean, let's just pretend like I said yes to that and you and you asked me, okay, what have you seen? Where would I go? What, what, what would I say to you? Well, the, the the best answer that you can give to that question right now is, and this is just hypothetically, thinking out loud, that the talent is so bad that we wouldn't know if they were. I, I'm not necessarily saying I buy that. That's just where things are. It's just that, I mean, I, all I hear is how bad the talent is and and how, you know, and, and how bleak he left everything. But the, the, the numbers recruiting-wise say that he didn't take some dramatic drop. We weren't sitting in the 70s and 80s. We weren't beating out Furman for guys. This was not about that. It was about because, – because, listen, I'm going to tell you something. There was a bunch of players that are on that team right now that if they weren't there, they would have been at some other Power 5 program or some higher, you know, you know non-Power 5, if you will, uh, that – They'd be playing there. So it's not like they're taking these massive mega reaches that absolutely nobody else wanted. You may point out to a couple of people on there, a lot of rosters have that. But for, for the whole, they he recruited just fine. He just didn't know what to do with it. That's what he left them. I'm gonna, that weren't coached up, but they, had the, they were players who plenty of other people wanted. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Like I said, I've got, I've got to go in six minutes, and I wanted to get this in. Um, I'll just give up. There's a competing service in the recruiting world. People can figure it out pretty quickly. They do a thing called talent rankings based on who's still on your roster and what they were rated as recruitings. I also do a composite power rating every week uh, for the SEC site I run just to see where teams are falling generally. Vanderbilt right now is 118 nationally in that that nine-pole average. Their recruiting rating was 59 um, in terms of what they got on their talent, they're sandwiched between New Mexico, which is 117, and Ohio, which was 118. So the teams that are right before them or right behind them are exactly where their recruiting rankings would have picked them to be. Kansas is two spots ahead of them. They were 73. Um, South Florida is about six or seven spots ahead of them. They were 67. Um, the only team, Colorado was ranked 51st. They're 99th in the rankings this year in terms of performance. Um, Illinois at 52 uh, is ranked 97th in the power rankings and 52nd in the recruiting talent. That's the only really program um, that, that's comparable to them in terms of underachievement. And right, Illinois is a better football team than they are. If, again, that, and that's according to the recruiting rankings. That's, that's presuming those guys got it right. 
um, which yeah. we can debate. But that's that's what the people that do this for a living say. Yeah, I mean, just so they were. So we've averaged fifty ninth, right? Did I get that right? Our recruiting earning average fifty ninth over. I, I don't. The I don't think years. it's. I don't think it's an average of the classes. I think it's taking a look at who's still on the roster and saying that's where they are, which which is really handy these days because of the transfer portal, right? You could take an average of the classes. Right. I don't know how much that tells you right now because at every school you got new kids and kids who've left more so than usual. So this is actually, from what I understand, it's taking the bodies that are still there, okay. which is very important. Okay, so, right. So, so basically, you know, if we go by that number, we shouldn't be – struggling with the Yukons of the world, who, by the way, lost to UMass. I know you saw that they charged the oh, field yeah. for beating a winless Yukon. I mean, holy cow. Um, but so we should we we should not be in the UMass area, the Yukons, the New Mexico states. They should be somewhere more along the lines of the Illinois. You know, teams like that, excuse me, I'm not saying Illinois, I'm saying Illinois, but throwing them in there in the plural, um, and, and schools like that. Uh, but we've been performing like a team in at 118 and 125. So if we have players on the roster currently as it is, it should be somewhere around 60, and we're playing 55, 60 positions below that, that screams player development like I always talk about. Yeah, you if know, if you let me let me cut to the chase, and again, I've I've got I've got just a couple minutes, and I've got to go. You got to go. We know. Go ahead. Where we where, where they go. are puts them right at an Indiana. And in, in terms of expectations, um, where they ranked, they should be right around right around a Louisville slash Texas Tech slash West Virginia um, slash. Let's see if I can find another team in here. Well, that's good enough. That that kind of level of performance. That's that's what the rankings right. say. That's where they should be. Right. Yeah. But I think that totally speaks to my point, a hundred percent. Um. Let me Unless let me get a couple. Say those numbers don't know what they're doing. Right. And that's the point I was trying to make. I'm trying to. Let me, I'm. I think we've just got time for one more. So let me ask this one. VU and GA says, have you noticed if we're making adjustments at halftime, I've not seen any improvement in performance in the second half? No, I haven't either. I mean, I would love, I really want to say. Now, ha having said that, in, in, in Fort Collins, yes. I mean, they, they look completely different. Though so you started seeing a little bit of it in the second quarter. Uh, but in that, that third quarter, they came out like a totally different football team. Since then, not really, because Stanford, they were to me, they were beyond vanilla coming out of the locker room. I'm sorry, whatever happened in those last couple of minutes, they never got over it. But they, I mean, they didn't even look like they attempted to come back from it. Uh, and then, of course, the other games were so far out of whack, it's hard to tell. Hey, I've got to run, as, as, as I've said. As, I think everybody knows oh, by now. Okay. And so with, yeah, who, who knew, right? Uh, so with that, yeah. uh, tell folks where they can find you online, where they can find you on social media, all that good stuff. Yeah, you can find me online at bigballer.com. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, you can find me at, at, uh, on Twitter at Cheap Seats Bass and on 101.5 FM Monday through Friday, 8.30 to 11 and 6 to 8 p.m. Hey, thanks, my friend. We'll see you next week. You're welcome, Chris. Hey, do you have to leave? <laughs> nice. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to today's episode. We thank our presenting sponsor, Jody Jones DDS. We thank our other sponsors, Sutherland and Belk and MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, and that's how we make this work, please email me at chrisley70 at gmail.com. We also ask that you subscribe to our website, vandysports.com. That is $99 a year. You get things there that you don't get here. And, of course, please rate, review, and subscribe where you see our podcast. That helps us get noticed. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at vandysports.com. Follow me at chrislee70. And finally, subscribe to our Vandy Sports YouTube channel as well. Thank you for listening to the Vandy Sports Podcast, which is part of the 440 Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. We'll catch you with another episode coming very soon.